Alright, what is going on everyone? Welcome to another episode of Very Cold Lasagna, the podcast that houses a safe and open listening platform for casual, cold, and even the mistakes in the world of WWE, AEW, the NFL, and the wide world of pro wrestling and sports in general. I'm your host, Dylan Lasagna. Welcome to today's show, episode number 68 of this freezing cold podcast that houses, well, we're in the very cold fridge, um, obviously in our little imagination, but we have the very cold lasagna, but that is also spicy, like, you know, our friendly little cat, Garfield, who, by the way, has made it into the video game Nickelodeon All-Stars Brawl, so congratulations to Garfield. Um, I'm a little peeved, though, that he didn't have enough lasagna in his little arena. <laughs> but anyway, today we've got a good show for you all because we've been talking about week 13 of this NFL season, which was all high stakes. Um, as we begin the push towards the playoffs, we're going to be talking wins and losers of this week. And we got a jam-packed and a even more stakes-filled week 14 to discuss um, with my picks and looking at all the matchups for week 14. Obviously, there's still week 13 that we have to discuss, but it's going to be a good show. Um, obviously, week 13 was a um, big one as we began December football. Um and there were a lot of things that happened, a lot of things that didn't happen, and that should have happened. But here we are, December football. Things are going to get really, really intense. The playoff races are going to tighten. Um, things are going to get really interesting. Um, some of the, you know, the bottom of the barrel teams are finally going to get um, put to the wayside, and we won't have to give a shit about them anymore. Um, looking at you, Houston Texan fans, um, your team is bye bye. Bye, Felicia. Out of here. Officially out of the playoff race after losing to the Indianapolis Colts. So a little spoiler to what we're about to discuss. But nonetheless, yeah, this is going to be pretty much all December. You know, playoff race, Titans, playoff clinching is going to happen real soon. And the division races, well, some of them may be interesting, other maybe not. Um, But it's going to get real intense really quick. So we're going to be just discussing week 13 and week 14 um, here on today's show. Uh, before we do, I just want to quickly share the social media. Uh, make sure you s- subscribe and turn on the notification bell. If you're watching this on YouTube, if you're listening on the podcast side, the uh, audio, make sure you listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor FM, Google Podcasts, wherever you can and however you can uh, watch and listen to the show on Very Cold Lasagna. Um, make sure you give the show a thumbs up. Give as much feedback as possible to this freezing cold podcast that is called Very Cold Lasagna. And as always, make sure to follow the show on social media at Very Cold Lasagna on Twitter and Instagram. So let's talk first about week 13. December football has begun in this week. And it was time to finally see who were the true contenders and who will, who's the the pretenders. Who was going to be that those wild card um, players that were pretty much well, they're they're just there, and they're just going to be um, back backdooring themselves into the playoffs and getting bounced by whoever were the top two or three seeds are. So we're, we're going to find that out this week, but we we're also going to find out who was going to pretty much get eliminated. Those very bottom of the barrel teams looking ahead to April, looking to get a top draft pick like um, first overall, second, third, or third overall. Pretty much those teams. This is all at the time where everybody's favorite winless team, the Detroit Lions. Yeah, everyone loves the Detroit Lions. Everyone loves some Lions going to Lions football. 
they were inching one step closer, another step closer to chasing that golden destiny, their ultimate goal of going, oh, 16 and one. They they failed on going 0-17, that destiny of going 0-17, becoming that first team to go 0-17 in an NFL season. And you could thank the Pittsburgh Steelers for fucking that up. And even though it was a tie, yeah, okay, they still had the um, chance to do something that no other team has been done in NFL history. And that was go 0 16 and 1. But we'll get into that uh, in just a little bit because some purple people eaters decided to say something about that as well. Yeah. Some people eaters decided to, you know what? We're going to snatch that away from them too. So the stretch run began in week 13 on Thursday night with the Dallas Cowboys beating the New Orleans Saints. 27 to 17. Uh, forget the, what the box score says. Um, Taysom Hill was um, pretty much all over the place in this one. It, for as much running ability as he had, he threw four interceptions, pretty bad ones too. He, that interception that he also had also included a pick six for uh, in pretty much what sealed the game in this one. And that's all the Cowboys needed in a pretty much a slugfest that even saw Dak Prescott and the boys struggle on offense. But hey. If you can pretty much beat the New Orleans Saints in what was pretty much a blowout, then it was enough for the Cowboys, I guess. So the Cowboys beat the Saints 27-17. to Then we get into the Sunday uh, slate of games, starting with the early morning slate. The Miami Dolphins uh, won their fifth consecutive game against uh, the New York Giants 20-9. to You know, they whooped on the G-Men's blue candy asses um, all over Mike Glennon. Um, and Mike Glennon, I think... He was concussed towards the end of the game. And, you know, Tua and the Finns, you know, they've won five straight. I mean, maybe too little too late for them to make a playoff push. But, you know, at least this is doing some things to inspire confidence in Tua Tagovailoa. I can't never pronounce his name right. But, you know what I'm getting at. <laughs> and this kind of saves Brian Flores' uh, job a little bit for next year. But, you know, hopefully this will inspire some confidence uh, going to next season. So the Dolphins beat the Giants 20 to nine. Uh, the Indianapolis Colts blank the Houston Texans on the road 31 to nothing. Uh, Jonathan Taylor had another good day, uh, pretty much running over the Texans' uh, sad, sad asses. And the Colts' defense put up a shutout on Tyrod Taylor and Davis Mills. The Detroit Lions, oh man, God, do I hate Kirk Cousins and the Vikings so much? They were the chosen ones. They were supposed to keep the Lions' destiny going. Not take it away from them, goddammit. The Lions were in the grasp of losing. They're so close to going 0-11-1. They wanted that oh-so-sweet 0-16-1. They wanted that everlasting first-ever achievement. But Minnesota was like, nope, we're not going to show up to today's game. We're going to pretend there's not a game. And we're going to just choke away a lead like typical Mike Zimmer does, and just soiled it away. They let Jared Goff throw a pass to Austin St. Brown, wide open, in the end zone, and the Detroit Lions take away their, get their destiny taken away by the Minnesota Vikings, 29-27, and they get their first victory of the season. How could you do this to us, Vikings? 
How can the, how can Minnesota do this? It, when when Minnesota went when Minnesota loses, it it's 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 sad. Even like it it really really is sad. Even even when they don't when even when they like don't lose even when they lose on like uh, not on a non kick miss kick, it's just sad. They lost to the winless Detroit Lions. They failed to keep that destiny going. How can they fuck that up? So anyway, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles uh, beat the New York Jets 33 to 18. Uncle Rico, aka Gardner Minshew, um, started in the place of Jalen Hurts. I guess they were just resting him for the bye week, uh, but Uncle Rico stepped up in his place. Two touchdowns to Dallas Goddard, and um, some field goals by uh, uh, the kicker Jake Elliott were good enough to pounce on uh, Zach Zach Wilson in the Jets. And yeah, pretty pretty substandard. Um, it's just it's the Jets, so whatever. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals um, got Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins back and picked up pretty much right where they left off and made sure that Chicago played even more Bears football, guaranteed. As Andy Dalton threw four interceptions on the day and Matt Nagy played typical Bears football and and micromanaged this game to hell. Yep, typical Bears football. As the Arizona Cardinals beat the Chicago Bears 33 to 22, but should have been a bigger blowout than that. Uh, the LA Chargers uh, beat the Cincinnati Bengals 41 to 22. The Chargers jumped to a 16 to nothing lead, but even though uh, the Bengals they made it a close game uh, before the half, it was 23 to 22 at one point. But costly mistakes and turnovers, and a finger in- injury to Joe Burrow um, would be the Bengals' ultimate downfall. And the Chargers would pull away from this one. So 41 to 22 in favor of the Chargers in their, their push to the postseason. And then the last game of the early morning slate, the Tampa Bay Bucks beat the Atlanta Falcons 30 to 17. Um, you know, the Falcons almost made a game um, with a first half ending pick six on Tom Brady. But just like with the Bengals, you know, mistakes after mistake, and Tampa Bay killing the clock. Would favor uh, the Bucks en route to the sweep, and you know Atlanta pretty much, yeah, pretty much shut out in the second half. So, yeah, not a good day for the Falcons in this one, as they got beat thirty to seventeen. Then we get to the afternoon slate of games. Uh, the LA Rams destroyed the Jacksonville Jaguars thirty-seven to seven. However, it had to take a whole half just to even get to that point. Um, but Matthew Stafford and the Rams got whip- back to whipping ass. Um, at least for this week, uh, against a sad sack of shit Jaguars team, uh, the Washington Football Team beat the LA, uh, the Las Vegas, not the Los, Los Angeles Ra- Raiders, the Las Vegas Raiders, seventeen to fifteen. Daniel Carlson got the the Raiders the lead before the two minute warning, um, but problem was Las Vegas left too much time for Taylor Heineke to charge back down to the field and let their new kicker Brian Johnson. Um, to nail the game winner um, field goal and Washington all of a sudden back at 500 six and six they even overtook the 49ers as the sixth seed for the wild card uh, race so don't look now you know Washington's making some moves as they head towards their big week 14 matchup against the Dallas Cowboys next week uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers beat the Baltimore Ravens 20 to 19 um, Deontay Johnson's two second half touchdowns from Big Van who was made like God. 
by a bad Ravens defense. And uh, Lamar Jackson was just outright terrible in this game. Um, and the Steelers defense just pounced all over his ass. Um, and yeah, that was pretty much the day for the Steelers. And not only did the Steelers notch a, a season saving win, but they opened the the door for the AFC North wide open, you know. Um, I'm not saying that the Steelers will win the division, but you know, the, the door's open for the Bengals to even cash in on the division again. It's open for them if they want it. And then the Seahawks beat the 49ers um, 30 to 23. It was a wacky turnover uh, fest in this one, um, but it was Jimmy Garbage fail. Yeah, letting Russell Wilson um, and the Seahawks beat uh, beat the Niners at their own game um, as Russell Wilson led a second half comeback and the Seahawks pretty much blanked the 49ers um, in the second half because, well, the Niners continue to make mistake after mistake and Russell Wilson and the Hawks kept the defense um, out there. So the Seahawks beat the 49ers 38-23 to and the Niners dropped to the 7th seed and they're clinging on to their playoff lives at this point. Uh, the Sunday night football game, the Kansas City Chiefs uh, destroyed the Denver Broncos 22-9. Um, Teddy Bridgewater made the Kansas City defense look like gods. Um, and a visualization was that was a pick six in the fourth quarter to pretty much seal the deal. Um, and this was a game where the Chiefs offense pretty much didn't look like themselves. But, you know, it was enough to pretty much hammer the Broncos uh, 22-9. And, you know, Teddy Bridgewater, get out of Denver. In the Monday Night Football game, in a very unfriendly wonder weather game, uh, the New England Patriots, uh, behind uh, the running back core, um, beat the Buffalo Bills 14-10. And don't look now, you know, the Patriots back on top of the AFC, heading into their bye week. Um, I know there's probably going to be a lot of shifting um, going around in that uh, during the bot during their buy, but you know they got to feel confident heading the rest of the way. You know they got a lot of momentum on their side. They got a really fairly tough schedule with the Colts, the Bills again, but then they end the season with the Jaguars and the Dolphins. Hell, be, watch out, watch out. Bill Belichick and the boys are back, so. It's going to be real, real interesting um, when it comes to the AFC. But Patriots get a statement win on Monday night in very unfriendly conditions. So that was week 13 of the NFL season. What did you guys think about this uh, this week? Let me know how how you felt about it In however you can, whether it's comments on YouTube or on social media. Let me know. Let me know. So now for the winners and losers of this week, uh, the Washington football team. You know, for the second straight week, um, you know, they played some solid football. Um, you know, Taylor Heineke, yeah, he still managed to um, play smart yet aggressive football. Um, he found ways to get the ball downfield to his teammates, you know, even though he couldn't cash in on some of the opportunities, you know, had he continued to <clears throat> find ways to get into the end zone, this could have been a uh, kind of kind of like a blowout of sorts for the, for the football team. But, you know, this a win is a win for 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 him and that in his team. Um, Antonio Gibson um, is continuing to prove that. Well, the bye week in uh, week nine served them well. He had another good outing, gashing the Raiders um, um, both inside and out, and uh, he had that critical touchdown for Washington um, 
even though the Raiders took the lead late in the game. Um, but, you know, that touchdown was crucial to keep them alive in the game. Um, the only issue is their defense is still particularly weak, um, even though they were kind of made like gods um, against a pretty bad Raiders team outside of Hunter Renfro. Um, but, you know, they made enough big plays to give the offense a chance to win. Now a big test comes next week against the Dallas Cowboys against Dak Prescott, Zeke Elliott, and pretty much all their lineage of weapons. So it's going to be tough to stop them. But, you know, if Heineke can play well like he did in the last two weeks, you know, an upset is not in the is not out of the cards. Uh, the New England Patriots, um, you know, they only threw the ball three times in, you know, understandably so in very bad weather um, in Buffalo. But then this was also the same Bills team that threw it like a dozen, dozens, of, dozens of times. But the, the Patriots ran the ball down the Bills' throats, and the Bills never adjusted. They never, like, found a way to stop the, stop the run. You know, <laughs> I guess for the Patriots, it was like, you know, if something works and, you know, the opposition can't stop it, you know, keep going with it. Keep pounding the ball. Keep pounding the rock. It's a testament to how the Pats can win with uh, this running back core of Damian Harris, Ramon J. Stevenson, Brandon Bolden, and it also puts less pressure on Mac Jones to try and win it, win it himself, at least for this season. Next season, you're probably going to have to try to find ways to win Mac Jones. Uh, the defense, you know, it's picking up right where it left off, like, I'd say a couple years ago. You know, it made plays that mattered most against Josh Allen. Um, they made a critical stop on fourth and forever um, on the last play of the game um, for the Bills. And... This, this is key for the Patriots, you know. Now, this is some good, valuable experience for some of these uh, younger players um, on that Patriots defense. So, like I said, the Patriots have pretty much all the momentum that now also includes the top seed in the AFC heading into their bye week. So, they get to sit back, relax, and pretty much watch the Bills um, try to not get destroyed by Tom Brady and the Bucks in Week 14. Now, as for some of the losers, uh, the Baltimore Ravens, again. Um... This team is trending downhill. Um, they're imploding at the wrong time. You know, Lamar Jackson is not looking good. Um, he's trying to make things happen. Um, trying to make something out of nothing, only to make things worse for an offense that's pretty much been dysfunctional for the last month outside of Mark Andrews and Marquise Brown. Um, he, you know, he's having a hard time trying to trust um, receivers like Sammy Watkins, Rashad Bateman, Devin Dubonnet, um, and also he can't get the big play going. Um, and when he can't get the big play going, he eats. Yeah, he just gets sacked, or he tries to run it, but he loses it for like several yards, or and he tries to throw into way too tight coverage. And when he tries to throw into way too tight tight coverage, he, he gets the ball deflected or he gets picked off. So. Lamar Jackson, I feel like he's trying to do too much um, for a team that's just too um, beat up by injuries. And speaking of beat up by injuries, the defense is really showing um, its wear um, without its playmakers that also just lost Marlon Humphrey for the season. Um, they couldn't stop um, pretty much anybody like Deontay Johnson, their receiver, Pat Frymuth, their rookie tight end, and Najee Harris, their rookie uh, running back. So pretty much they made big Ben Roethlisberger look decent they made him look decent and you know for a team that's supposed to be like one of the top playoff contenders this is really concerning 
this is really concerning for the Ravens team. And like I said, they've opened the door um, for the AFC North to be taken from them. Um, they let the Bengals kind of look back in. And this is concerning for them. This is concerning for the Ravens if, you know, they can't pick up the slack. Um, and it's not going to get any easier. They're, after the Browns, they face the Packers, and then they face the Bengals again, and then they face the Ravens, uh, not the, the Rams, and then, lo and behold, you face the Steelers in the season finale. It's not a tough, uh, it's it's not an easy go um, for the Ravens the rest of the way. So, if they keep this up, I don't see them going to the pros the postseason if they keep they keep playing this way. Uh, the Denver Broncos, oh man, if they needed a bigger indication that um, if that they needed a quarterback for whether you're a fan of Denver or if they were if you're a Denver yourself, it was a you definitely got it in front of a national primetime audience. Teddy Bridgewater, oh my God, he looked lost all night. He let himself take countless sacks, and he misread the defense, and pretty much. By misreading the defense, he allowed himself to um, throw like wide open interceptions, or and that one interception also led to a pick six that pretty much ended the game for Denver. Uh, so pretty much, Teddy B, he tried to be aggressive, but not 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 too many times. And his lack of aggressiveness, you know, him trying to play too safe, you know, it's hurting the upside. Uh, you know, some guys like Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton. Javante Williams, and uh, it's unfortunate. It's really unfortunate, and it has to be that way. Um, and I don't imagine it being better under Drew Locke. <laughs> like, really, it, it probably won't be better. But it's just, you know, a sad situation that the Broncos are in, that they don't have a real quarterback um, to unlock the potential of these guys. Um, and hopefully, you know, hopefully um, whoever their general manager is, whoever their, uh, John Elway <laughs> wants to find in the offseason, they'll they'll get it. Um, but sadly, for now, the Broncos have to deal with more of this Teddy B BS for five more games. It's sad. Uh, and then, the Minnesota Vikings. Ah, uh, yes. Mike Zimmer really chose uh, the one game to play down to the competition and strip away the Lions' golden destiny of going, oh, 16 and 1. Yes, the, he wanted to not let the Lions become the first winless and tied team in NFL history. And this was against the worst team in the league. He just went way too soft. You know, he dialed up check down throws for Kirk Cousins on third down. When when he knew, when Zimmer knew Kirk Cousins can at least aggressively throw it downfield. And, you know, Mike Zimmer on, on extra points... Instead of kicking it with Greg Joseph, he decided to go for for two, which okay, understandably so. But instead of you know trying to like roll the ball, um, trying to throw the ball in the end zone, he ran it with Alexander Madison twice and failed. And then when you tried to throw it, finally tried to throw it, you still failed. Like what are you doing? That, 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 these these are terrible terrible uh, calls right here. And not only that. The defense was outright bad. It, it, as if you already got gashed enough by San Francisco. You were getting gashed by the worst team in the league. L literally the worst. You let the 
one of these nameless lines receivers named Austin St. Brown just get wide open, catch the ball in his hands like, oh, thank you, Jared Goff. Thank you for the, the gift in the end zone to get the game-winning touchdown. And you literally spoil their destiny. You literally take away their destiny. You know what? If, you, if there wasn't any bigger proof that Mike Zimmer n- needs to be fired after the season, this is the game. This is literally the game that Zimmer needs to be fired. It's this one. Because he gaffed up big. He literally gaffed up big in this one. Now for some players of the week. Um, Rams quarterback Matthew Stafford uh, for three touchdowns. He got three touchdowns of the day on it's the Jacksonville Jaguars. I mean, it's ja- it's Jacksonville, but realistically, there weren't any other like qualified candidates for this award. Uh, Jonathan Taylor got two touchdowns for the day um, against a bad Texans team, but he looked efficient in doing so. And he didn't help this Colts defense, you know, blanking the Houston Texans, um, doing even more damage than they did in their first showing. Um, you know, last time only scored three points, and then this time completely blanking them uh, away from the end zone. So that was the week that was week 13. Let me know how you felt about this week, however you can. And who were your players of the week? Who were your winners and losers? Let me know about that too. So now. That we finished up with week 13. Let's shift our weights towards a very, very important week 14 of this uh, 2021 season. It's clinching season, as we like to call it here on Very Cold Lasagna. That's because, well, this is a very important week of this season because this is the time where teams are eligible to clinch their spots into the playoffs. Uh, the teams eligible for this week are the Cardinals, the Packers, and the Bucks. Um, unfortunately, um, there are no teams eligible uh, to be eliminated. So, for those that are looking to have the Jacksonville Jaguars or the New York Jets or um, who else is eligible? I think those are the only two ones that have the lowest records. Or the Detroit, even the, the, the Detroit Lions. How are they not eliminated yet? Um, but nonetheless, <clears throat> those those couple of teams that are very bottom of the barrel, looking ahead to April are not eligible to be eliminated uh, this week um, as of this recording. But the teams that are eligible to clinch their playoff spots this week are the Cardinals, the Packers, uh, the Bucks. Uh, the Cardinals have the simplest way uh, to clinch their spot. They beat the Rams, and they're in. Uh, for the Packers and the Bucks, just to simply clinch a, a playoff spot, it gets very dicey, dicey. They need a whole lot of things to go their way. Um, but for the Packers and the Bucks, they can clinch their division um, as soon as this week. Um, they just need uh, at least a few things to go their way. Um, for the Packers, um, to, to, to clinch the NFC North, um, they need to have the Vikings to lose on Thursday night. They need to lose on Thursday night to the Pittsburgh Steelers, and obviously they got to beat Bears football on Sunday night. Uh, for the Bucks to clinch the NFC South this week, um, the, Jets, the Jets, they have to pull off an upset somehow. <laughs> the New York Jets. Um, they somehow got to pull up an upset over the New Orleans Saints and the Atlanta Falcons uh, have to beat Carolina on the on the road. And the Bucks got to do their part to beat uh, the Bills at home. So two divisions are eligible to be clinched uh, this week um, in this week action of week 14. Other than uh, clinching 
there's just a lot of games with uh, playoff importance, which is telling of where the rest of the season uh, is heading towards and what it's going to look like. And, you know, there's going to be also a lot of teams um, watch, just simply watching the chaos. You got four teams on by this week, and these are the the last uh, batch of teams that are going to be on by. And then everyone um, going forward is going to be playing. Everyone um, that had their bye weeks, they're going to play. They're going to play the rest of the way from week 15 to 18. Uh, you got the Colts, the Eagles, the Patriots, and the Dolphins all pretty much going to be watching the chaos. So now let's get into these games. You you kick things off with Thursday Night Football, the Pittsburgh Steelers taking on the Minnesota Vikings. You know, this is the game that the Packers are going to be watching intensely, um, you know, so they can sew up the NFC North uh, this weekend. Um, I don't trust either team to follow up, uh, you know, consistent, uh, like in terms of consistency. Um, but, you know, the Vikings have pretty much shown they're, they've been bad <laughs> uh, with, with such consistency. But in terms of losing, they are consistent in that. Um, when it comes to winning, though, not so much. Um, especially considering they snatched away the Lions' golden destiny of t- getting to 0-16-1. So even with the big Ben uh, Roethlisberger that's washed up as all hell, the Steelers can gash a bad Minnesota defense that Kirk Cousins won't even be able to make up for. So I'm going to roll with the Pittsburgh Steelers. So then we get to a very, very intense Sunday slate of games. Starting with the early morning action, uh, the Dallas Cowboys travel to the nation's capital to take on the Washington football team. This is a big, big matchup uh, for the NFC East that will likely determine uh, the winner of the division. I mean, it's going to be the Cowboys, but hey, you never know. I mean, Washington is only only two games back. Um, they still yet to They've they only played the New York Giants so far, and that was all the way back in week two. They still gotta pretty much play the rest of the division. They gotta play the Cowboys twice. They gotta play the Eagles twice, and then they play the Giants in the season finale. You know, for the for Washington, the division still kind of technically almost in like almost a little bit there. They just gotta win win out if they actually want it, and for um, things to go against the Cowboys. So this is kind of a big matchup for for them. And I'm going to go on a little bit of a crazy hand here. But I'm going to go with Washington. And yes, their secondary is going to be completely torched by Dak Prescott. But I think Taylor Heineke, you know, can can be that engine that can get enough against, you know, Cow- the Cowboys' middling defense. I mean, honestly, their defense is pretty overrated, if you ask me. So I'm going to go on a really, really crazy hand here and go with Washington to get the upset victory over Dallas. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars take on the Tennessee Titans as the Titans return from there by hopefully um, with a bunch of people like A.J. Brown, Julio Jones, fully healthy, rested up um, to hopefully keep their grasp, their very, very small grasp on the AFC South. Um, you know, Hopefully they're all rested up and ready to go against a very shitty Jaguars team um, on, you know, unless Tennessee decides to fuck that up too. So I'm going to roll with the Titans. Uh, the Seahawks travel to Houston to take on the Texans. Um, you know, Russell Wilson and the Hawks are probably going to continue to try for their luck in an unlikely playoff push. Um, and, well, I mean, even though it's the Texans and even though the Seahawks have been very bad, 
uh, this season. They should take care of an already eliminated Texans team. So, giving the Seahawks. Uh, the, the Las Vegas Raiders travel to Kansas City to take on the Chiefs. You know, Patrick Mahomes looking to have a repeat uh, Week 10 performance uh, where he had five touchdowns on the Raiders in Vegas, while Derek Carr looking to have a much better performance um, than he did in Week 13 against Washington and looking to do better against uh, this Chiefs uh, defense. But sorry, Mr. Carr, your engine is going to burst yet again. Uh, this should be a prime spot for the Chiefs offense to cook yet again um, all over the Raiders before an important Week 15 showdown in Los Angeles. The New Orleans Saints traveled to New York to take on the Jets. Um, this is a, one of the games that Tampa Bay is going to be looking at very, very intensely as well. Uh, the Saints, you know, their season is pretty much falling apart right before their very eyes with all the injuries. Um, but the Jets are already a bad team enough to begin with. But... New Orleans should be able to take care of Zach Wilson on the road, and they should pull out the win um, nonetheless. So, sorry, Bucks fan. You're going to have to wait another week um, to to clinch the division. I mean, the Jets probably not going to do you any favors. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons take on the Carolina Panthers in Carolina. Uh, the, the Falcons, you know, they don't have anyone besides Matt Ryan, Crowdell Patterson, or Kyle Pitts. Um, but you know, the Panthers are not going to make any noise with Cam, um, Cam Newton, who's washed up as all hell under center. So even that's even with the bye week, you know, so I'm going to roll with the Falcons in this one. And then in a must win game for both teams, the Baltimore Ravens travel to Cleveland to take on the Browns. Um, you know, the Browns at six and six are banged up as all hell. Um, even fresh out of the bye week, you know, who knows how well rested, how, you know, healthy, um, these Browns are, especially Baker Mayfield. Um, they're going to be coming out of the bye. How much rest have they really gotten, um, out of the bye week? But, you know, there's always a small chance of an upset against the Ravens team. You know, they've been mildly struggling on all fronts. Um, you know, Lamar Jackson has not been playing well. Um, you know, the, the rest of the offense has been like outside of Mark Andrews has been pretty lackluster. The defense um, yes, they are injured, but you know, they've still been doing pretty badly as, as we speak. Um, that said though, Lamar Jackson should finally, at least for one game, be able to break through that funk against a injury riddled, uh, skid marks team. So I'm going to roll with the Ravens in this one. Then we get to the afternoon slate of games. Uh, the New York giants take on the LA chargers. Um, and I think the Chargers are primed to feast on a Giants team that won't have neither Daniel Jones nor Mike Lennon under center, at least as of this time. Um, and instead, they'll be starting a dude named Jake Fromm. Is that is that, that his name? Uh, I, I know it's some dude named Jake. Um, I know it's not Jake Fromm State Farm. It's not some dude named Jake Fromm State Farm. So that's all I know <laughs> who's starting under center from uh, on this, this game for New York. So, either way, the Chargers are likely to pounce all over some uh, G-Men candy in this one. So, it's going to be real interesting to see that. Not not really. <laughs> so, the Detroit Lions are going to try to follow up their first win of the season against the Denver Broncos in the mile high. So, as punishment for defying your destiny, uh, Detroit, you will succumb to a Denver defense for as 
bad as they are against elite talent, they will kick ass against scrubs and an offense that is still meh. <laughs> I swear, Teddy Bridgewater better win this game. I swear, like, Dick Fangio better just put in Drew Locke just to see what the fuck happens. Um, either way, I just hope Denver wins this one. Otherwise, I don't know what the fuck they're going to do. Uh, the San Francisco for- the San Francisco, <laughs> 40 Nightmares take on the Cincinnati Bengals um, in a must-win game, a big matchup for both teams' playoff hopes. You know, the Niners hold the final NFC wildcard spot at this moment, while the Bengals currently hold the, um, I think it's the fifth seed. No, I think after they lost to the Chargers, it's probably the sixth seed. Um, but, you know, both teams are kind of banged up going into this matchup. You know, the Niners have yet to find out as of this time whether they'll have Debo Samuel or Fred Warner um, back in, back for this one. Um, the Bengals are going to also be trotting out a less than 100% Joe Burrow because um, he had a finger injury that he suffered against the Chargers and he's going to try to play through it and that, that, you know, that always comes with risks. So either way, all eyes are going to be on both teams like for the Bengals. Uh, it's going to be how well Joe Burrow is going to play through that uh, finger injury and well, how is the offense going to respond after you know like that that very very uh mixed performance especially from jimmy garbage fail um on last last sunday against seattle uh and also all eyes will be on cal shannon on whether or not he'll be able to play his uh ball control run first uh offense so that should be interesting to see but either way um you know i'm gonna take the 49ers with a very very small edge um just because you know, it's my team. I got to at least pick a winner. So it should be interesting. Uh, the Buffalo Bills in probably a big, big, big game uh, for them. Travel to Tampa to take on the Buccaneers. Um, you know, the Bucks are pretty much kind of imploding um, on all fronts. But the Tampa Bay Bucks, on the other hand, are clicking at the right time. Um, you know, even though they're in different conferences, Josh Allen's got to face his former foe in Tom Brady, um, who's going to have the honor of gashing a pretty much uh, Tredavious whitelist Bills defense. Um, we didn't get to see what life was going to be like without him um, on Monday night because of the weather conditions, but we're probably going to get a good idea uh, come Sunday against Tom Brady and the Bucks. So with these bevy of weapons uh, the Bucks have, you know, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, uh, Rob Gronkowski, even Cameron Bright. Yeah, Buffalo, have fun with that. Have fun with that um, on Sunday. So I'm going to roll with the Bucks. Then in the Sunday night game, oh, man, we've been waiting all day for Bears football, guaranteed. Yeah, the Chicago Bears take on the Green Bay Packers. Are you ready for this? <laughs> this is the moment of the episode where I say, fuck you, to the NFL for not finding a better game for this Sunday night uh, matchup, for not flexing in a better game because you want to have your hard-ons, your dicks out for the history of Bears football and Green Bay, baby. Yeah, you really want to grab in those ratings for Bears football and Green Bay Packer football. Oh, well. Oh, well. So for all of us sad chicks, sad sacks of shit that have to watch this game just to talk about it, 
oh man, we you better be ready. You better be ready for Aaron Rodgers to show the Bears once again that he's their slug daddy. And of course, get ready um, for that one course meal of prime time served on a platter with Matt Nagy's bald ass head on it. Bears football. Guaranteed. Then in the Monday night game, the LA Rams take on the Arizona Cardinals in a big, big NFC West matchup. Um, and, you know, this is a good closer of the week. Um, you know, if the Rams win, you know, they gain a little bit of ground um, in the NFC West. And, you know, if the Cardinals falter, you know, the Rams could, you know, slip their way back up to the, the top of the, the division. But if the Cardinals win, they pretty much got a firm grasp on this, uh, on the NFC West. Um, but anyway, uh, you know, the Rams lost three or four, you know, they pretty much beat the Jaguars and, you know, that's no accomplishment. Um, the Cardinals actually managed to win two of three, um, before their bye. And well, once Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins got back in the fold, they pretty much destroyed the bears and bears football in week 13. So it was, I guess it was a good warm up for them ahead of their, this big showdown. So, in essence, the Cardinals got uh, back their two big players um, at the right time. Um, so, it's a good time for them um, for a matchup where they're probably going to need them to replicate their success for from week four where uh, the Cardinals smashed the, the Rams and Matthew Stafford and that high-powered offense and torched <laughs> that one of the top flight uh, defenses. So... I believe in just like in week four, um, the defense for the Cardinals will be key um, to stopping Matthew Stafford again. And like I said, for the Cardinals, all they have to do here is win. And I think they'll do so again here in week 14 to close out the week. Um, and they'll cl- they'll be the first team to clinch their spot in the postseason. But those are my picks for week uh, 14 of this 2021 season. Let me know how um how they are or what you're going with or if you're going against my picks let me know what you're going with who you're rolling with um and who's gonna have a big day who's gonna have a bad day let me know how you feel about it however you can but that is it for this episode of very cold lasagna i am your host dylan lasagna signing out of this um very very um interesting episode i'm going back into the ice cold fridge and having myself a very cold lasagna (laughs) But that is it for today's episode. Make sure to listen to the show on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor FM. Make sure to, to give this episode a thumbs up wherever you can, whether it's on YouTube or on the audio sites, however you can to support the show. Anyway, um, as always, keep that lasagna very cold in the fridge with your takes on the world of pro wrestling and sports. Very cold in the fridge. As cold as very cold lasagna, but, you know, tasty and spicy like Garfield it's always a good time when you have Garfield around who by the way again also made the roster to Nickelodeon all-star brawl so you can never have a good you can never have enough of Garfield the cat man never enough he likes his lasagna uh icy cold too (laughs) all right everyone until next time peace out